Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. How are you hanging, babe? Yeah, man. Things you doing are, good? Uh, yeah, this has been a really, uh, really, really busy weekend for me. Yeah. I was working most of the weekend, getting ready, uh, getting ready for the show on Monday. Mm-hmm. I don't like to, uh, I like to set off the week strong. I don't want to disappoint you on a Monday morning. All right, uh, a lot to get to today, including an Axios piece I discussed on Fox News this morning about the Democrats' leaked battle plan, Joe, if they are to take back the House of Representatives in the midterms. And ladies and gentlemen, it is frightening. It is. A fully laid out, weaponized battle plan to take control, basically, of government uh, and use it as a weaponized cudgel to destroy the Trump team. You thought it was bad now. Who? It is about to get worse. So I'm going to talk about that. I want to get into some tactical responses, too, uh, including the obvious ones like, man, you damn well better get out there and vote. I don't know any easier, more peaceful or more delicate way to say that. If you are not motivated to get out and vote in the election that's coming up and bring five to ten people with you, you have no idea what's coming down the pipeline. Mm. And it is bad. They have gone full police state. Make no mistake, folks. So I want to get into that. A couple other stories as well. Um, And, and uh, also, uh, Obviously, our condolences go out to the McCain family, uh, Joe and I, on the passing of Senator John McCain, obviously, as well, too. Um, so when I get to uh, Axios and then a couple more stories that are really, really troubling. All right. Uh, today's show brought to you by our buddies at OMAX. Listen, taking care, uh, taking care, excuse me, of your health is a commitment and it can feel a bit overwhelming. Um, I really like OMAX 3. They're ultra pure fish oil supplements. They have this great test, by the way, if you take fish oil, take the tablets or whatever the liquid you have now, put it in the freezer and you'll see all the impurities come out after a couple hours of it being in the freezer. Try that with OMAX. You're not going to get any of those impurities. It is crystal clear when you take it out. This stuff is terrific. Uh, I love Omax 3 Ultra Pure because with Omax 3, you just need to do one little thing to experience the big health benefits, and you don't even have to think about it. Here on the Dan Bongino Podcast, we often discuss ways to be healthier and happier. We all know EPA, DHA, fish oil supplements are a key to good health. I, I give it to my family, my kids, everybody. So, of course, when tons of studies have shown that something improves your health, we've got to talk about it. you probably heard about the many benefits of getting in your daily dose of omega-3 fatty acids. So now I want to tell you about the purest way to get them with Omax 3 Ultra Pure. Because if you're going to do something, do it right. Omax 3 Ultra Pure is the purest, that's right, the purest omega-3 supplement on the market, containing nearly 94% high-quality pure omega-3s. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best stuff out there. Listen, there are a lot of omega-3s on the market, but this is the purest, most concentrated. Various health benefits in just one supplement. For me, it's the, uh, the inflammation. It can, helps me control inflammation on my arthritis. The, the benefits to my... I just feel better. I think more clearly. I love Omax 3. Uh, Omax Omega 3 is ultra pure, amazing at alleviating joint pain and muscle soreness. They make you feel better post workout. You've probably seen some of these supplements at the store, but many of the top sellers simply don't contain enough Omega 3s, like Omax 3 Ultra Pure. Try this out. Do the freezer challenge. Like I said, you'll see how pure it is. But it's not how Omega 3, uh, Omax 3 looks. It's about how it makes you feel. So try it yourself. Omax 3 comes with a 60 day money back guarantee, but you won't need it. This stuff is great. You'll have plenty of time to try it out. Go to tryomax.com slash Bongino. You're going to love this. To get a box of Omax 3 Ultra Pure for free. That's tryomax.com slash Bongino. Tryomax.com slash Bongino. And with your first purchase, you'll get a box free of Omax 3 Ultra Pure. That's tryomax.com slash Bongino. 
Get your free box of OMAX 3 with your first purchase. Check it out. You're going to love this stuff. It's really, really terrific. Okay, so first, the Axios piece, which is a major league bombshell here. This is uh, the the Republicans have been pushing this around, too, as kind of a warning sign saying, hey, listen, this is what the Democrats are planning, Joe. Here are just a list of a couple of things that Democrats, if they take back the House in these November elections, are looking to hammer, hammer us on. Number one. Uh, President Trump's tax returns. I'm not going to go through the whole list because it's extensive, but you'll get the hint after a few. The Trump family businesses, whether they comply with the Constitution's emoluments clause, which is absurd. Uh, Trump's dealings with Russia. <laughs> really? That's what, is that new? Is that a new one? We're going to start. We haven't been on that already. The payments to uh, to Smokey Daniels, otherwise known as Stormy Daniels, or Stephanie Clifford's a real name. Jim Comey's firing. Trump's firing of U.S. attorneys. Trump proposed uh, the transgender ban in the military. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin's business dealings. White House staff's personal email use. Cabinet Secretary travel. The list goes on and on and on. Folks, this is never going to stop. This is never, ever going to stop. I'm warning you now. And I wanted to bring this up because tactically the Mueller team has done something tactically smart that we all need to be concerned about devious I believe unethical and immoral what's going on right now but tactically very smart the Mueller team Joe is realizing quickly that public support is not on its side and make no mistake this Mueller probe Joe is as much about politics as this is about any kind of a prosecution of the Trump team yeah the Mueller probe knows that it has a limited amount of time to build what, Joe? To build public support against Donald Trump and to drain his political bank account. The opposite is happening. Did you see the stories this weekend about Trump's approval, disapproval? Hmm. His approval ratings, Joe, despite relentless attacks, the Cohen plea, the Manafort trial. Despite all of this, Trump's approval ratings, folks, have held. They have not gone down. Reminds me of Braveheart. Hold! Hold! (laughs) Remember with the spears? Hold! They've held. They have held. Trump's approval ratings are not going down. So to be clear, the Democrats have a battle plan, which is now leaked. The Axios piece will be in the show notes today. You can read the list of things that if they win the 2020 midterms, they are going to target ruthlessly. With a fully weaponized government, House committees, the government bureaucracy going after them, threats of impeachment, it is going to never end. If you think we have reached the bottom of the the, the ethical vacuum the Democrats live in, you ain't seen nothing yet, and ain't is a word in this case. It is going to get worse. Now, what does that have to do with what I just said about the Mueller probe? The Mueller probe is starting to realize that despite its endless efforts to take down, hit and destroy Trump's political bank account and reduce his political capital to the point that he has no friends left. Right. Right. It has not been successful. What does that mean? That means Mueller's feeling the pressure to wrap this thing up. But. He doesn't want to wrap it up, Joe, because this is now, in my opinion, become a personal vendetta targeting Donald Trump, not, in fact, targeting criminality. I've been saying this for a while. They're Mm -hmm. not targeting crimes. They're targeting Trump and looking for crimes. Right. In other words, they're not investigating crimes looking for people. They're investigating Trump searching for crimes. And ladies and gentlemen, you give me limitless subpoena power. I'll find a crime on you, too. Listen, this may not sound sweet and cute, but it's the truth. 
everyone has broken some federal law at some point. You give me endless power to target you day after day, seven days a week. I will find something on you too. That is what's going on right now. So the genius move by Mueller, Joe, was referring the cases out. So now Mueller, follow this. But you, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. The, Bob to, Mueller to understands. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes gotcha. His probe, Joe. His special counsel probe. Knighted by Rosenstein's DOJ, because he's running it effectively now that Sessions has recused himself. His special counsel probe which was tasked with investigating Russian collusion. Mueller understands right now that public opinion is rapidly falling against his probe. He understands that the probe is going to have to wrap up. He also understands that he's going to have to wrap it up without any real nick on Donald Trump. Yeah, the Manafort, Papadopoulos, Flynn, these are all horrible, uh, disgusting abominations of justice, but they have not dinged Trump at all or his approval ratings. So he can't keep this going because he knows he's becoming the Skeletor to the Trump he man. Mm -hmm. Mueller understands with his big ego that he's becoming a foil. He's becoming the bad guy. He knows he has to wrap this up. But what better way to keep the investigation going against Trump than to refer the cases out where there is going to be no dissolving of the special counsel into the Southern District of New York. Now, in case you're unfamiliar with the federal system, I'm not going to give you just a quick little primer on this. Although the federal government has law enforcement and prosecutorial entities that are around the whole country, obviously, the federal government, they're broken into districts, kind of like precincts in New York City with the NYPD. Mm-hmm. You have the Southern District of New York, the Eastern District of New York. You have the District of Maryland, where I where I used to work in the Baltimore field office. And those have government assigned prosecutors. Ladies and gentlemen, obviously, those places don't go anywhere. They stay forever. They're permanent fixtures of the Department of Justice used to prosecute federal cases. Mueller knows his tenure is coming to an end. His political capital is low. He has failed to do any substantive damage whatsoever to Donald J. Trump. So he has to keep it going. So what does he do? He starts picking off Trump figures in his satellite and Trump's orbit here, right? Cohen, Manafort and others. He uses them to get to other people. And each person he gets to, they refer out to the Southern District or the Southern District takes the case and runs with it themselves. Southern District is not going anywhere. If Mueller's probe is disbanded or writes its report tomorrow and disbands itself, Joe, the Southern District of New York is not going anywhere. Why was this a genius move? Again, not an ethical move, not a morally upstanding move, but a genius tactical move on these devious Democrats and their part. The Southern District is a very liberal district. Yes, it's a Trump appointee, but there have been recusals involved. There are very liberal uh, prosecutors in there. The prosecutors in the Southern District appear to be, at this point, looking at Trump just like Mueller did. How do we know that? Look at the Michael Cohen plea, his lawyer. The Michael Cohen plea, Joe, where they talk about the potential campaign violation and the payment to Stephanie Clifford, Stormy Daniels, right? When they talk about that, they were clear as day that that statement was written in conjunction with the Southern District of New York government prosecutors. Meaning what? They coached them through it, folks. They coached Cohen through it. They had him say it in specifically a way to target Trump so they could do what? They could take the baton, Joe, from Mueller. Mm -hmm. Mueller knows he's got to wrap it up and they can run with this thing forever. In other words, this is never, ever going to stop. 
Now, making this even worse. Donald Trump can federally pardon for federal charges. They were to go after his kids. He can pardon Manafort. He can pardon anybody he wants except himself if in an impeachment trial. Donald Trump cannot pardon anyone on state charges. The Southern District of New York probably has a tight working relationship with the Manhattan District Attorney who will prosecute at the state and, uh, on state and local charges. There is nothing Trump can do. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I telling you? I'm telling you that this battle plan is real. And that if we lose, there is a very real chance that although Donald Trump may be able to, to pardon people and may be able to shut down this witch hunt at some point, that there's nothing he can do about state charges and there's nothing he can do about an indictment when he leaves office if he doesn't win re-election. Do you understand right now the importance of winning in these midterms? To get back to the governing of the country and away from this grotesque violation of everybody's civil liberties and this targeting of Donald Trump. That's what this is. This is discretionary justice, Joe, which is no justice at all. 10-4. The fact that Bruce Orr is still working. Hillary Clinton. Now we know that, what, 3,000 of her 640,000 emails were analyzed. She's still out there taking long walks in the woods and tweeting away. No justice for her. No justice as of yet for the FBI agents who've been left their jobs, but I don't see any of them under serious government investigation. Well, I shouldn't say that. They are under investigation. But it's, as of yet, we haven't had any results on that. On the John Podesta, Tony Podesta, on the, uh, on the foreign lobbying. On the Fusion GPS payments from law firms working for the Clintons that was disguised as legal services when they weren't. They were, in fact, opposition research. On the violation of the Woods procedure, I'll get to that in a little bit, too. On how the, the FBI has the key to this whole thing. All of that. None of this is happening. This is discretionary justice. They have sidelined or slow walked at a glacial pace any investigation of anybody connected to the Democrats in an effort to solely take down Donald Trump. Guys. This is bad, okay? We should not pretend otherwise. Now, there are things we can do to fight back, but I want to lay out first where we are. The story's falling apart. They're starting to panic. Hence the need for Mueller to refer cases out to the Southern District. It's not just, Joe, that Mueller's political capital and his bank account has been drained. Remember, this is a political prosecution. Yeah. This is not them investigating a crime. This is doing the political work for the Democrat Party in the swamp to get Trump out of office. This case is falling apart and they need to keep the arrests, the prosecutions and the leaks coming. The Southern District, this liberal district in the federal system has now taken the balls running. You can expect a steady leak of stories over the next coming weeks. Why, Joe? What happened? What's happened to the collusion case as we originally remember it you know trump colluded with the russians to win the election blah 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 because it's all garbage right two things happen this thing is entirely falling apart number one they thought they had gold cnn and otherwise cnn which has become a total joke they will not even backtrack on a fake news story another by the way another fake news story they published they thought they had gold uh point number one 
Lanny Davis, who was representing Michael Cohen, is alleged to have been a source on a story, Joe, that said that Donald Trump Sr., the president, knew about the Trump Jr. meeting in Trump Tower with those Russians, by the way, that knew Hillary Clinton, were connected somehow to Hillary Clinton's operation, right? Mm -hmm. But we'll leave that for another day. Their story was if uh, if Donald Trump, this president, knew about it and lied about it, this is going to be an impeachable offense because it shows they were hiding some collusion with the Russians. Lanny Davis is alleged to have been a source saying, yes, Trump knew. That story has now entirely fallen apart. Lanny Davis has backtracked 100%, said Cohen doesn't know anything about that. Uh, That is not true. He spoke out of, quote, instinct, but that is not true. Amazingly, Joe, CNN will not retract the story. This is incredible. This is is documented fake news. Mm -hmm. Lanny Davis has publicly come out, Joe, and said, this is not true. This is not true. The CNN will not backtrack. So that's point number one, where the story, the collusion story is falling apart. They thought they had him, and they don't. And good for Don Jr., by the way, going full force after Carl Bernstein and CNN, who published this fake news story, and still, again, incredibly do not want to retract it. That's why CNN, don't, even, don't ever turn that station on. If you can find a remote in the airport, by the way, and it's not against the rules, go and change every single television to Fox News. Do yourself a favor, because CNN has become a complete joke. I could go down the list of fake news stories, but if you're a regular listener, you know. You know, Don Trump Jr. with the WikiLeaks story, the Deutsche Bank story, all of the stuff that's been reported by the mainstream media turned out to be false. The Mike Flynn story. So number one, their story about collusions falling apart because Davis is backtracking. Number two, the Prague story we mentioned last week. McClatchy was sure they had him. Yeah. That Michael Cohen had traveled to Prague, which would have done what? That was one of the central core tenets of the dossier against Trump. That Michael Cohen had gone to Prague to cut this deal to hack into the DNC database. There was a report out there by McClatchy. There's evidence that Cohen did go to Prague despite his denials. Lanny Davis, his anti-Trump lawyers, even come out and said, as we covered last week, that is not true. Cohen has not been to Prague. That is, in fact, false. False with a capital F. It is not a true story. So what I'm telling you here is a couple things. I want to move on. Mueller's political capital is collapsing. They have not dented Trump's approval at all. Mueller's panicking. In order to keep the anti-Trump personal animus, personal attacks, personal investigation, not a professional one going, they've referred it out where? To the liberal Southern District of New York, which is going to keep leaking and turning targets onto other targets. Well, if you don't testify, give us someone else. Well, you'll give us the CFO. And in the CFO, this is never going to stop. They've laid out their battle plan in the Axios piece. If they win back of the House, you're going to see House committees investigating everything. This will never, ever end. It is an endless witch hunt. They are doing this also not just because Mueller's capital is dying down, his political capital, but because their investigation into what was allegedly collusion and has turned out to be a farce, a hoax, a scam for dopes and imbeciles and useful idiots is falling apart because Lanny Davis himself has destroyed the case. The guy who doesn't even like Trump. He's a Clintonista representing a guy who was Trump's lawyer. He himself has come out and said, no, no, the Prague story is nonsense. Oh, and by the way, I'm backtracking on that, that Trump knew about the meeting at Trump Tower. Mm -hmm. Bad, folks. This is really bad for them. 
Hey, uh, not to leave you always with Ben, but some good news. If you want to check out, by the way, my wife is always <laughs> prodding me to get. We put up finally the new shirts at the store. We've got uh, 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 on heavy demand. We changed the shirts in the, at the Chum Store at Bongino.com if you want to check them out. We got the Hey Shifty, finally. <laughs> Shifty! So if you want to check that out, we got the Ma the Meatloaf, all about that. Ma! The Meatloaf. And we got the New Rules shirt, We Win, You Lose. So if you want to go pick those up today, go to Bongino.com. I promised my wife I'd say that. I'm not really big into promoting all my own stuff all the time, but uh, it's pretty cool. My wife worked really hard on the design, so go check them out at Bongino.com. All right. Um, I want to get back to that in a second, but there's a couple other stories and some more news out there, and uh, I want to start getting the podcast back to some uh, some other stuff, too, so you don't miss out. There is a absolutely ridiculous, preposterous lawsuit at a New York, uh, New York State, New Jersey, which is quite comical. Um, what have we been told about liberals, Joe, forever? That they're in it for the little guy, and you got to yeah. tax the rich, and we're going to redistribute the rich's income and their ill-gotten gains from that crazy thing they do called working for a living we can't have that you know so we, we're right we're gonna go yeah. that's what they do that's been, that's their i mean that's been their ideological bedrock forever that the libs they rent it for the little guy gotta get those rich get those rich people well i have a story up in the show notes from the washington examiner it's quite good about a lawsuit the lawsuit and uh i have to tell you this this tax cut plan is looking better by the day it was a tactically genius move because it is it, because what it's done is it's put pressure on blue state governors to reevaluate their own tax policies. Now, let me just be clear on this because I get a lot of emails after I cover this topic. I do not believe in higher taxes ever under any circumstances, okay? I always believe in keeping money in people's pockets outside of funding the constitutional role of government because it will be better spent there. Having said that, if you live in a blue state and you're mad at me because of this, I totally understand. I, I This is not schadenfreude here. But the reason your tax policies are bad is because you live in a blue state where not you, but other blue state voters have voted people into office that are taxing the snot out of you. The ability to deduct state and local taxes. In other words, if you pay high income taxes where you do it, where Joe is in Maryland, yeah, boy. Um, up in New York, you have we don't have a state income tax in Florida, so it doesn't affect us. But in Maryland and in New York, it does. You're going to pay a high state income tax in addition to the federal income tax. Prior to the tax reform bill that Trump signed, you were able to deduct those state taxes from your federal bill. But that kind of gave an unfair advantage in the tax code, screwed up resource allocation, because what happened? It gave an advantage to people who lived in states that tax people really high. That mm-hmm. It's a deduction basically in Florida you weren't allowed to take because there's no state income tax. So the tax cut plan limited that to $10,000 that it's state. It's called the salt deduction. If you hear it in the media, salt state and local taxes, right? It limited the deduction to $10,000 in essence, meaning only people who are very, well, very wealthy, but well to do 200,000 or more. I wouldn't say very wealthy, but well to do would be, would lose some money on the deduction. Why? Because, Joe, if you're paying more than 10000 in state and local taxes, you're probably making a healthy income. Yeah. The irony of this, again, I'm not advocating for people to pay more taxes. The irony of this is that the liberals have told us forever that they're all about taxing the rich to redistribute to the poor, that this was going to be some kind of beneficial public policy. But now that Trump institutes a policy that actually does that in liberal blue states that gives the middle class a tax break, 
while wealthier people are lose the tax deduction they had in the past, liberals, liberals and liberal governors are the ones suing to get the deduction back. Uh, Chewy doesn't get it either. I don't understand. I, ladies and gentlemen, again, I want to be clear. I'm not advocating for anybody to pay higher taxes. I wish we had a flat tax across the country. A flat tax in the states, a flat tax in the at the federal government level. That is, I'm a, I'm actually a fair tax guy, but I like a flat tax and root to it. Okay, I'm just suggesting to you simply that this is the absurdity of the modern Democratic Party here. Or not Democratic, the Democrat Party. This is their. This is the absurd. They have been telling us forever that they're all about rich people paying more. But when given the opportunity to allow rich people to pay more to the federal government in a redistribution scheme, they fight back. Why? Why? It's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Democrats. They leverage emotion. And they leverage disconnectedness to actual policies. What do I mean by this? This is important. Don't ever forget this. When you talk to Democrats about things like, hey, let's stop withholding, right? Mm -hmm. Tax withholding. Let's just have every American write a check, either monthly or quarterly, to the federal government for the amount the federal government costs. You pay for it. The government doesn't create anything, folks. It doesn't create value. What the government does is the government takes from people and spends. The government doesn't add glass to a microchip and create an iPhone. Private business does that. The government takes from the taxpayer. So whenever you bring up things that connect the taxpayer, this is where I was going with this, connect the taxpayer with the actual cost of government, Democrats try to leverage ignorance and try to leverage opaqueness. They don't want that because they don't want you to understand the costs of their actual policies. If you had to write a quarterly or monthly check and you were Folks, I just I just got off the phone with my accountant last week. The amount of money I owe to the government, my wife made me swear not to say, is absolutely absurd. I'm going to owe next year because, you know, we have to do, you know, when you uh, when you have a business, you have to do these quarterlies. And for us, you have to predict and try to predict the amount of income. The amount of, other, of, of money we have to hold aside is outrageous. When you actually understand what you're paying, the most hardened liberals in the world, Joe, don't want to pay. Hell no. They don't want to. I'll never forget stopping right. a Chris Van Hollen staffer um, or no, he stopped me at, a, at the Montgomery County Fair when I was campaigning for office. Chris Van Hollen is a very, very liberal he's a senator. He was a congressman at the time and me getting into an argument with him about taxes and asking him a very simple question. If you believe taxes are a public good that benefits society as a whole, there are positive externalities and direct effects from paying higher taxes. Why don't you liberals pay more? Pay more. Why don't you do it? This is a simple question. Well, we're going to pay more if you're not. Why? I give to charity whether you give or not. I do. I know Joe does too. Yes, I, I do. give to charity whether Joe gives or not. I don't ask Joe. I don't coordinate. Why? Because I believe and I hope that my money's doing good and will do better with someone else. I, in other words, I like to leave nice tips at a restaurant. Because they save $60 tip on a $100 bill or whatever it may be. That's $60. I, I don't know how to say that sound like a jerk, but this is important and I mean this. Doesn't mean to me what it may mean to someone else. I know that because I struggled big time for years working in cemeteries and working bagging groceries in a supermarket getting $2 tips. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. 
gosh, two. I'm I'm serious, and I used to get a bacon, egg, and cheese with that two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that money means a lot to young servers in a restaurant. It doesn't mean as much to me. It's not meaningless, but it doesn't mean as much to me. But I don't need Joe's permission to do that. I don't show him the, hey, Joe, look how much I tip. I'm not telling you this either so that you'll send me emails about how great. Nobody cares. Everybody's generous. You're all generous. Great. I'm just telling you that we don't, I don't ask Joe's permission to do it. And I'm not trying to impress him or you. I just do it because I know the money can be better spent by some people who are working jobs at, at, uh, at that wage. It makes me feel good. Why doesn't the same argument apply to liberals? If taxes are a public good and paying more are a public good, two questions. Why aren't you voluntarily paying more? You don't. The government raises about 10 to $12 million on a banner year in additional voluntary taxes on, on a $4 trillion budget. That's, a, that's not even a drop in the bucket. That's not even a drop. Forget the bucket. Why don't you give more? Is it a public good or not? The answer is it's not. You're a hypocrite. And secondly, when given the opportunity to say to yourself, oh, great, Donald Trump passed the tax plan that now at the state level is going to allow wealthier folks to pay more, to pay more to this net good taxes in the federal government. The first thing they do, these liberal states, is file a lawsuit against Trump to protect their wealthy taxpayers. It's almost as if what you were saying was entirely hypocritical and ground in nothing. Because it was. Because you're phonies. Anytime, Joe, don't ever forget this. Anytime a policy or suggestion is instituted that will allow people to feel the full impact of government spending decisions, the Democrats mm. always get in the way. Quarterly payments, we don't want that. People will know how much the government costs. We can't have that. Assault deduction, salt deduction. We tax the snot out of our citizens here, and they can't get a deduction on it? What do, what do you need a deduction for? I thought it was about higher taxes. Why do you need to deduct it? Because we don't really believe government's going to spend money more efficiently in our city. We just say that. Big frauds. Read the article in the Washington Examiner today. It's very good, along with the Axios piece I mentioned before. Very, very good. By the way, I have another great piece um, in the show notes today by uh, our resident debunker, Matt Palumbo, upon Gino.com, entirely debunking the myth that this stock, that this stock, I was gonna, I missed stock control. That this Trump <laughs> stock market surge is some kind of global phenomenon. It's not true. It is a United States phenomenon. And Paul Krugman and other liberals are starting to suggest, Joe, oh, you know what? Stocks are just going up because they're going up all around the world. It's got nothing to do with Trump. Not when you correct for the and you hedge for the currency fluctuations. You'll see the United States is far, far ahead of the rest of the world. You're an idiot. <laughs> oh. Is that Sven and Stimpy? Yeah. Dude, I love you, brother. You are the yeah. greatest. I did not tell him to do I love that show. Play that again. You're an idiot. I love that show. That was my favorite. <laughs> my new favorite show is Teen Titans, though, by the way. Oh. Teen, I love Teen Titans. I know I'm a cartoon. I know. You Teen think Titans. Like a, I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was watching Bro Apocalypse this weekend. We got to eat the Bro Burger. Sick, bro. <laughs> They're at the Bro Bro Mountain to be bros. And then they, they read the motto in Latin at the bottom. A bro is not a bro without bros. It's If you don't watch Teen Titans, you don't know what you're missing. It's the greatest show. Out there. I know. I'm sorry. For a guy who went to college for uh, eight years, not in a Chris Farley way. Like I actually had two graduate degrees, believe it or not. I am surprisingly uh, mentally stimulated by cartoons like Teen Titans. <laughs> Me too. It's so funny. Red and Stimpy was another favorite of mine.
But again, read that story. Uh, it's really good. And yes, the stock market is not a global phenomenon. The stock market is the, and the surge in it. And I'm not giving Trump all the credit for that. I don't not because I don't like Trump, but because listen, these is American entrepreneurs doing this. Trump has created a good fertile battlefield. But when you correct for currency fluctuations, you'll see all the charts where they show, oh look, the world stock market's going up too. All of a sudden they diverge, Joe. When you correct for the strength of the dollar and the weakness of the dollar at points, wow. it's clear the United States, since Trump was elected, their stock market's on fire. The rest of the world, eh, not so much. Read the piece. The charts are hard to miss. All right. You know, we're firing through this today. I got to tell you, I was a little tired this morning, but now I'm really like, I'm into this. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at WaxRx. You know how much I love my sponsors. This is a product I use all the time. Um, I love it. I usually use it after I get a haircut because sometimes I get uh, little like hairs that get into your ear and it drives me crazy. One of the best ways to clean your ears, WaxRx. I could have used it when uh, my last line of work as well. When I was an agent, because you use that earpiece, you stick it in there all day, and I had wax problems in my ear. I wish I would have known about this sooner. Listen, it's not the sexiest product to talk about wax RX, but as I've told you, I had to deal with your wax buildup because of the earpiece I wore all day in my uh, prior line of work. This is a customer review I saw from them, and I had to share it with you. And it shows what the product can do to help everyday people and how it can help you avoid an expensive trip to the doctors for earwax problems. I used to have to go to the doctor twice a year to get rid of my stubborn, hardened earwax. With my rising cost of health care and thus double deductible, I'd have to spend $60 per visit, $120 per year to treat my ears. Come on, that's a ripoff. Now I can do it myself with WaxRx and a significant savings that also doesn't require me to miss a half a day of work. Thank you, WaxRx. This is a really great product. Your ears feel great afterwards, too. Right now, you can try the WaxRx system by typing in GoWaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Don't miss out. It's a great system. Use offer code DAN at checkout for free shipping. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing because of inner earwax. You don't know what you're not hearing. You know why, Joe? You're not hearing it. That's why. Who knows? It might just change your life. GoWaxRx.com. Offer code DAN for free shipping. Don't miss out. Uh, Let's see. What else? Okay, just a quick mention on this, and I want to move back to uh, an interesting little angle like uh, I've been uncovering this weekend, working on some uh, some stuff. So the Democrats at the DNC, the Democrat National Committee, voted this weekend to get rid of their superdelegates. You may say, well, who cares? Why are we talking about that in a conservative show? Because this is the best news for Donald Trump I've heard in the longest time. Why? The Democrats had a system in their primaries. Where, without getting too deep into the proverbial weeds, Democrat voters show up in primaries in states, obviously. The winner of those primaries in those states for the presidency would be allocated a certain amount of delegates. You need a certain amount of delegates, a certain number, uh, to get, once you reach that red line, you are uh, the nominee. Right. The Democrats had a system, Joe, where 15% of those delegates, though, are held back and they're super delegates. They're not bound by the traditional primary vote, meaning um, if, if, let's say, in Joe's state of Maryland in the 2022 uh, presidential election, mm-hmm. excuse me, 2020 presidential election, forgive me, I'm losing my mind here, um, uh, Elizabeth Warren Let's say she finishes second to Bernie Sanders in Maryland. A couple of superdelegates are left on the sideline. They can push her over the top because they're not allocated by the Maryland vote count, right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm they're glad super- you're explaining this. I didn't know that, no. It's important. You may say, why is this important yeah. to Trump? Delegates are traditionally bound by the votes in their states. 
Mm-hmm. Florida votes Donald Trump in the right. primary, then the delegates got to show up and vote for Trump. Well, mm-hmm. the super delegates, the Democrats had the system, and the, there was a, there was a, it was a method to the madness. And the Democrats aren't stupid. You may not like their ideology, but do not misinterpret their tactical genius sometimes. The reason they held this 15% back, these superdelegates, and said, you guys do whatever you want, and these are big-time party insiders, Joe, was mm-hmm. why? Because the Democrats know full well that this left-leaning lurch towards government confiscation and socialism, the Democrats, the party insiders, that is, trust me on this one, please, know full well this is absolutely devastating. They know the American people will not go for socialism. They know that it may sound good to millennials and younger generation folks and and older academics who don't live in the real world or don't have a lot of experience in the real world. But the Democrats, the, the people who really get it, don't get me wrong, folks. They're all for big taxes. They're all for big government control of your health care and education. But mm-hmm. they know full well socialism will lead to death and destruction. They know that. They're not, these aren't stupid people. They've read a history book. They're well aware of the Soviet Union, what's going on in Venezuela right now, North Korea. They understand that the hard lurch of socialism knocking at their back doors is a, is a knock you don't want to answer. You can dispute that all you want. But, folks, I follow these people. This is my job. This is what I do all day. The radical left wants it, wants it badly. The swamp rat Democrats who want to stay in power understand that they can attack your wallet as much as they want as long as they leave the core of capitalism intact. Why? Because they need successful businesses to steal their money to pay for their social programs. <laughs> the Democrats aren't stupid. I'm not going to say that on the show to appeal to people. They're, they're devious. Their ideology is bankrupt and broken, but mm. they are not dumb. They've held these 15% back, Joe. Why? Understanding that the nomination of a Sanders type, just like the nomination of a Walter Mondale type or McGovern type or a Dukakis type, these were Democratic presidential nominees. Some of you younger folks, and most of you know the name, but some may not. Some may not have uh, you know, looked back that far, whatever it may be. Michael Dukakis won the Democrat nomination for president against George H.W. Uh, Bush. He was a... Pretty far left candidate. Oh, yeah. Dukakis got annihilated in the general election. Democrats are not dumb. Walter Mondale gets the Democrat nomination to run against Ronald Reagan in the 1984 election. Walter Mondale goes on to lose every single state with the exception of his home state of Minnesota, which he barely eked out by 3,000 votes. It was the greatest electoral college landslide we've seen in decades. Ronald Reagan won New York, California, Maryland, Illinois, everywhere, except Minnesota. Mondale was a far leftist. McGovern, another far leftist, gets smoked by Richard Nixon, absolutely decimated. The Democrats are not dumb. They understand full well, Joe, that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, in my opinion, are even to the left of Mondale Dukakis, and in some cases, even McGovern. And Lenin, yeah. <laughs> that was good. You're right. You're right. They make Lenin look like a hard right conservative. That's a good point. They understand this. Joe's right. The left of Lenin, babe, they know this. So they've held these 15% superdelegates back, knowing in the end that if it's a squeaker, Bernie Sanders and a more mainstream candidate, 
uh, whatever, uh, what's his name, Jim Webb or someone like that, that they can nominate. Well, Jim Webb may be too far uh, moderate for them, but they would prefer a, a Cory Booker type. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A guy who they think can appeal to moderate Democrats. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders do not do that. They appeal to radical left wingers who don't know anything about economics and have a fundamental misunderstanding of how government works. So they hold this pool of people back hoping to tip the scales these super delegates by the way or was going to ensure that hillary clinton if it was tighter than it was with bernie sanders which in the end it wasn't but if it went they were the ones that were going to ensure that hillary clinton got the nomination the democrats this weekend voted to dump the super delegates this is awesome Yes. Thank you, Democrats and DNC. You guys and ladies are awesome because now, Joe, there's no buffer zone with delegates. In other words, you win the primaries. You're in. You're the nominee, which means you can probably expect a far leftist to win the nomination for president for the presidency in 2020 against Donald Trump. Why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the radical left right now is the one. They're the ones, excuse me, that have the most energy. They are the ones that are going to show up in the primary, not the moderates, because the moderates, folks, aren't angry at Donald Trump. The moderates are getting a pay raise. They're like, you know what? I like to vote Democrat, but I'm not really angry at Trump. They're not the ones that are going to show up in the primaries. The ones that are going to show up in the Democrat primaries are going to be the radical leftist Antifa like crowds. They are going to show up and they are going to nominate a wacko for president. I'm telling you right now. They are going to nominate someone uh, with Leninesque, uh, Leninesque uh, qualities. This is great news because it almost guarantees a Mondale Reagan-like victory for Trump if we can get this economy back on track and get a hold of the Justice Department. I have a story from Fox News in the show notes today. Check it out. Show your liberal friends. By the way, your liberal friends is hysterical are celebrating this. They think this is great. It's great, man. We took back <laughs> our party. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, just shake your head. This is the one case where I'm asking you not to debunk them. Be like, yes, dude, you did a great job. Oh, those super delegates were terrible. We don't, we can't. Believe me when I tell you, those super delegates were were the Republican Party's best friend. Because you would have nominated a sane person in case we lost. This is now that they're going to get the craziest person they can in the nomination chair for 2020. Mark my words. Don't debunk it at all. Go rid of those super delicate. You just go, yeah, babe. Yeah, I love it. Is there a tip jar for that I can leave you? Nice work, Tom Perez and the DNC. Good job. As Joe would say, love you, babe. You guys are great. Yeah, babe. All right. uh, Let's see. Let's just one more. Well, I'm sorry, folks. Again, I appreciate your patience with them, but we, you know, we got to pay for the show. We have really terrific sponsors. They're always happy to be here. So, got a couple more stories. Uh, but today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Woke up this morning. I always need a little bit of a shot in the arm to get going on Mondays after a long weekend. So, this morning, I took a big eight ounce glass of water and took my foundation. Foundation is a Brickhouse Nutrition product. It is a creatine ATP blend. It is the best creatine on the market. If you doubt me, take the mirror test. Take it. I have no doubt you'll be impressed. What's the mirror test, you ask? Well, I'm here to tell you. Buy a bottle of foundation by Brickhouse Nutrition. Give it about seven days to load up in your system. It is an advanced creatine ATP blend. You will look incredible. Give it seven days. Let it load. Your muscles will look harder, denser. You'll be like, wow, what happened there? Just take a snapshot in the mirror. You don't have to take a camera shot. Some of us don't like that. Take a mental snapshot. Click your eyes. Go, what do I look like? Seven days later, come back. Ask your wife. Ask your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. 
How do I look seven days later? I've gotten emails where people are like, you know what, Dan? You weren't kidding. That stuff is legit. It is the real deal. It works. Little Joe loves it. My nephew used to drive up yep. here from Fort Lauderdale to get it. Everybody loves this stuff. It is terrific. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. And go check it out. I use it. Joe uses it. Little Joe uses it. Little Joe was like a string bean when I met him. He's yeah. like a gorilla now. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. You won't regret it. Okay. Just quickly, I mentioned in the beginning of the show, tying back to the beginning, the Democrats' battle plan against us if they win back the midterms, and it's devastating. I also got into why Mueller was referring cases out. It's to keep this thing going until like, Trump is gone. Well, I have just a couple of things you need to do. And I'm sorry, I'm not here to give you orders. You are all responsible, uh, sentient beings. You can figure out on your own what to do. But these, if, if you'll allow me, a couple of suggestions for things that if you're really serious about fighting back, this is going to be a trench warfare. It is going to be long. It is going to be ugly. And it's not going to be pretty. Simple ones. Number one, you have to register a couple people to vote. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, there are, I heard a speech once by an old uh, uh, gun rights advocate and and I shouldn't say, oh, he was an old guy. He, oh, he used to run an organist. He doesn't do it anymore. But it, I was up in Maryland at an event for uh, Kathy Zalega, Joe of all people. And yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Kathy. And at yep. that event, he gave me a number I could not believe. He said of the roughly, what is it, 30 million American firearm owners, mm-hmm. that something like 30 or 40% of them are not even registered to vote. I can't, forgive me, I can't remember the All you need to know is it was a whole heck of a lot of them. Folks, you have got to register. I think back to this article I read at National Review once by a a bright kid, this uh, guy, uh, Brandon Finnegan. Um, He wrote this piece about the Democrats' advantage in the general election, Joe, has always been. Remember, we used to discuss this piece all the time. Their advantage has always been that they're fishing in a pond with a lot more fish Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the Democrats register voters. The Republican Party has got to register voters. Folks, if you're a member of a Republican group, you can't tell people what party to register for. That's illegal. But you can certainly go and show up at a gun show and ask to set up a table outside to register voters. Mm -hmm. You can show up at a a fair and register voters. Obviously, if it's the Republican booth, again, you can't tell people what to do, but people who show up and register at a Republican booth may likely have similar ideologies. We have got to register new voters. It's pure math, folks. The Democrats register a lot more voters. So if the Democrats get 50% turnout of a million voters they registered, and we get 50% turnout of 800,000 voters we registered, Joe, we don't need Jay's abacus to tell us what. We're going to lose. 50% of 800,000 is less than 50% of a million. We have got to register voters. If you're serious about this, we have got to go out there to the gun shows, to the fairs, and get people registered. Second, this is an obvious one, vote. But it's not just vote. Get your friends to vote. I said it last week, the 10, 10, and 10 rule. Make 10 Facebook posts, 10 tweets, 10 emails, make 10 phone calls, Send 10 letters to your friends. Get them out to vote in the midterm. Some of them don't even know there's an election. Three, start spending your money wisely. Cut off the entertainment industry. Cut off donations to your college if they're not committed to ideological diversity. Spend your money wisely. These are three important steps, ladies and gentlemen, you could take right now. 
And for you know, forget this notion that oh, I don't like to post on my social media and I don't want to post politics. Ladies and gentlemen, this is way too critical a time for you to be worried about the personal feelings of others. I'm sorry. They're not worried about yours. Those are three quick, easy steps you can take today to fight back. We're going to have to. This is a serious fight we're in. Okay. Um, interesting. There's a guy named Brian Cates. He writes for the Epic Times over where Jeff Carlson writes now. Two, uh, two really bright guys. They've been doing some really tremendous work uh, on the, the Spygate case. But Cates brought up something interesting on his Twitter feed. And I wanted to give him a, a shout out here. Bruce Orr, ladies and gentlemen, who was the Justice Department official who was laundering information on Trump from Christopher Steele back into the FBI. And obviously the reason that's important is because Steele had already been fired by the FBI Mm -hmm. for talking to the media and being deemed not suitable for use. So this Justice Department guy is laundering information back into the FBI from a source. The FBI said, don't use this guy. No, no, I'll use him. You come over here, buddy. Well... On his Twitter feed, Brian, I think it's Drawn Strike is his Twitter feed, I'm pretty sure. He has this interesting thread about how Simpson, Simpson has already said to Congress in on the record show, it's already out there, uh, Christopher Simpson, excuse me, Glenn Simpson, I always say that wrong, I have a friend, Christopher Simpson, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Simpson, has already told Congress that Steele was getting his information from a Russian intelligence officer in the United States. Now, I've said to you before that that Russian intelligence officer, was that the same guy who showed up at the Trump Tower meeting? Because, oh boy, if that was, do we got, I mean, hardcore evidence that the Trump uh, team was set up. Simpson, we're getting information from a Russian intel officer. You mean the same guy that went up to Trump Tower to meet with Don Trump Jr.? Hey. Yes, that guy. Well, you know that guy. Uh, yeah, we did. Did I just say I knew that guy? No, I don't know that guy. <laughs> But getting away from the Trump Tower meeting for a moment, Brian brings up a great point. He's like, hey, Daddy-O, listen to this. Did, did, uh, did the committees that were interviewing Glenn Simpson ask him the name of that Russian intel officer? Because, Joe, if the Russian intel guy or former Russian intel guy is in the United States, there's a very simple question you and I should be asking right now. Did you interview him, FBI? That I, I can't get any sense. This is not wonky at all. This is a very simple question that I think in the detailed nature of this case gets overlooked. In the, sometimes you miss the forest for the truth. It's a great question. Yeah. Did the If you knew this guy was in the United States, this Russian intel officer, number one, did you get his name at the hearing? And number two, if you had his name and if the FBI had his name, Did you even bother to interview him? If you didn't bother to interview him, what does it say, Joe? That they got information from Simpson and Fusion GPS from a guy the FBI could have interviewed themselves. Remember, there's no such thing as vicarious credibility. Right. If I get information from Joe, but Joe gets his information from someone else, the way I vouch for the information is going to the guy Joe got the information from, not from Joe. Joe doesn't get vicarious credibility on someone else's information. It's the source that matters, not the guy who passes the information. This, it begs the obvious question. If they had the name and they knew who it was, did the FBI talk to this person? Folks, if they didn't, this opens up a Pandora's box and a huge can of worms. Why? 
Because there's an entire procedure, the Woods procedure, in the Justice Department and the FBI to verify information before it makes its way into the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court to spy on Americans. If they had the ability to verify it because they had the guy's name or the woman, we're not sure, and they didn't do it, what does it tell you? They didn't want to verify the information. Because they may have known it was suspicious and efforts to verify it would have exposed it as false. Meaning what, Joe? They couldn't have used it. This is an, uh, you know, I'm almost disappointed that I didn't bring this up sooner. It was a great point. Simpson, the guy, just to make this crystal clear, I want to move on to another point. Simpson, Glenn Simpson, the guy working for the company hired by Mrs. Clinton to generate information on Trump. Gets information from a Russian intel officer in the United States or former Russian intel officer. Someone with connections. He's here. He says this under oath in Congress, Simpson. Did anybody ask the name? And if they had the name, why didn't they just go to the guy and verify the information about Trump before they walked it into the court? The answer is obvious because they didn't want to verify it. They were after Trump. They were not after information. Because the information was suspicious. Now, one more angle about this, too. Papa D, uh, George Papadopoulos, has been tweeting some interesting stuff lately. I don't know. uh, You know, I don't talk to George, so I'm not sure what the cryptic nature of his tweets means or, or what it may be. But there is an interesting angle on Papadopoulos as well. Remember, Papadopoulos is getting ready at some point to hear out his sentence for his plea of false statements to the FBI. I've told you from the beginning, I think Papadopoulos was set up. Now, one of the setup angles that I think is interesting that has been left largely untouched until recently is this guy, Tawil, T-A-W-I-L, Charles Tawil, that gives Papadopoulos $10,000 before he shows up to an airport in Dulles. Gives him it for some kind of a business deal. Right. Now, if you listen to last week's show, I told you that Dulles Airport... It's unusual that the FBI arrested Papadopoulos on a probable cause, on a probable cause uh, charge, not not a warrant. That almost never happens at the federal level for plainclothes agents. You, I, no one does that. I've never heard of it. Why the rush to arrest Papadopoulos? I think they thought they had him on this $10,000 being brought back into the country, but he didn't bring it back. He left it with his lawyer in Greece. Papadopoulos. But the Tawil portion's interesting, Joe. Because I remembered this. Something something clicked before I came on the air. I read a little while ago from uh, some of some of the, the pieces I read about this case that one of the hammers Muller and Muller's team brought against Papadopoulos is, hey, you better plead guilty to this false charges uh, thing or we're going to hold this over your head that you may be working with an Israeli sp- by who are they talking about or as an Israeli spy were they talking about to or someone working with the Israelis now I'm not implicating the Israelis in this but what's fascinating about this show and what I'm getting at is if that was really one of the reasons they gave for you know, hey, listen, you, you in other words, Joe, you plead guilty to this false statement to the FBR. We're going to charge you with being a foreign spy with working with the Israelis. Mm-hmm. That may have had something to do with that $10,000 from Tawil. 
Papadopoulos should call their bluff. Papadopoulos should do everything in his power to reverse this plea on this false charges. Call their bluff. Why, Joe? If he, if Mueller turns around and tries to charge him with this Israeli spy charge, as far as spying this conspiracy against the United States spying charge, then what does Papadopoulos have? Papadopoulos has discovery. Papadopoulos's lawyer will tell Mueller, should, if he's worth his salt, produce the goods. Who was mm-hmm. to wheel? Show us who Tawil was and show us everything you know about the United States government's dealings with Tawil. If it turns out, God forbid, that Tawil was working with the government on that $10,000 transfer to Papadopoulos, it becomes absolutely crystal clear that this was a setup from the start. Call their bluff, man. Make them produce the goods on that. Make them produce the goods. See who Tawil really, really was. All right. Um, one final note. Uh, I've been. This is a tough story for me, probably for Joe too. Mm. I hadn't mentioned to him before the year before we got on the air, but um, there's obviously a lot going on in the Catholic Church. Uh, I am uh. a a sinner, but a pretty devout Catholic. I volunteer my time, my money. I try not to miss church uh, ever. Maybe once every few months, if there's some. Uh, something I can't get out of, but uh, most of the people know the church I go to. Most of them are listeners here, so you know what I'm talking about. I'm mm. not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm a Christian. You may not be, and that's 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 fine. That's um, I am, you know, I'm not criticizing anyone else's religion, but Christ said, do this in memory of me. He didn't say think about it. In other words, he said, show up. Um, the church is obviously in crisis mode now. Folks, these people who are involved in these... Uh, Crimes, these filthy, uh, disgust, I don't even know how to describe atrocious, horrifying behaviors we saw in Philadelphia. Of course, there's the Massachusetts case, and there may be others out there. Uh, these are not followers of Christ. These are hardened criminals. These are hardened criminals, and nothing as a Christian or as a Catholic uh, should stop us from recognizing that. These, are, these may be nominal priests, but these are savages. Uh, these are subhuman filth Mm. now we're all sinners joe but there are degrees of sin you know abusing children is on a scale of one to ten about a 762 on the savage human depravity scale i'm angry at the church a lot of us should be i'm disappointed uh horrified you know, you read some of the stories and you have to stop reading them halfway through because it's, you can't, you just can't imagine what these children, these were kids, had to go through. Having said that, though, the Catholic Church, I've, I volunteer still my own time. I showed up this weekend. I, I put my money in there like I always do. And my wife and I, uh, you know, we, we're catechists over there. I'm still proud of what the Catholic Church has done. Every organization, even one like the Catholic Church, is going to have its bad, in this case, really bad seeds. In this case, hardcore criminals. It's sad that it happened. It's horrifying. But the Catholic Church, you don't go to the Catholic Church to worship priests. And I'm trying to give you, if you're a Catholic, some perspective from, but if you're not, just some perspective from, as an outsider, what, what, how I feel from someone who's been inside the church for a long time. You don't go to church to worship the priest. We go to church to worship God. Fallible priests who are sinners are always going to lead that mass. 
and these people who are there who are guilty of this behavior should be punished. There should be no statute of limitations on child abuse. I'm sorry. These are hardened criminals. But I'm just asking those out there just not to give up on it. I know they do a lot of good, the Catholic Church, because my wife and I, you know, we do them. You know, when you go out and you around, uh, we have they have a toy pro. You can adopt a family and you can bring a toy around Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife and I go and deliver with other I mean, we're not the only, a lot of people do it. But yeah. to see the, the, the parishioners show up with bikes and stuff and give them to these kids who have no money down here in some of the trailer parks in Florida where money is hard to come by. You know, the, the soup kitchens they run and things. The Catholic Church does some good work. Hold these criminals, criminals responsible. These are not priests. These are savages. Jail time, dump the statute of limitations. The church unquestionably needs a clean house. The Pope needs to answer questions too on this. But don't give up on the Catholic Church. They've done an incredible amount of good. And in a world full of sinners, every organization at some point is going to have its problems. And they've done some really good things. I just was, I should have mentioned it last week, but... I wanted to make sure I handled this right, and I gave you my honest take, and it wasn't tainted by uh, by any personal feelings. That's how I. That's how I. Well, it's of course going to be my personal story, but you can tell I'm having a tough time with this because I just don't. I heard a. I had a conversation with a with a friend of mine, and she was like, "I'm done," and I said, "You know, you, you can't be done. It's just not the way this works. The world is a complicated place, and uh, don't give up. You don't go to church to worship priests." All right, folks, thanks a lot. I really appreciate your time. I hope I didn't offend anybody with the religious angle at the end, but it does matter to me a lot. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show. And again, if you want to go pick up some of the new chum um, at the chum store, go check it out at Bongino.com. It's there for you. Uh, We really appreciate it. And I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.